hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Evolution of Snake. I'm Zach. I'm Madeline. And this is our, I actually haven't come up with a title for this yet, like Midnightsology, One Month Later, Midnight's in Hindsight. Revisited. Mm, revisited in mm. uh, it's, it's currently close to midnight for me so i'm really feeling the the witching hour vibe mm-hmm. and i to be honest if i can speak my truth i didn't really do like notes for this episode i was really just gonna go on vibes alone and the, the material okay. that we know and love but i know you did you did your homework i did i did i did do some notes i did like a note on every song like i said at least one thing about every song even songs that frankly um cricket <laughs> like i i said something about every single song so of which yeah. there are many so i guess maybe yeah, we there could... are a couple of crickets should we start there i mean yes overall okay. midnights in hindsight now i remember i confided in madeline right after i finished filming my reaction video i texted her and was like i don't really know what just happened to me and i'm not sure if i I'm happy with the food that I received at this meal. And I think, Madeline, correct me if I'm wrong, you were kind of on a similar page to me with that. You were like, I don't really know what to make of this. It's kind of a lot. It's all over the place. Yeah, that's how I felt too. I, um, which, I don't know, it's often how I feel about records at first in the first place, unless it's like... Um, Unless I like really, really know that I really like it or I really hate it. Like I, usually I'm all over the place and I like I can't make heads or tails of it. I have to listen to it at least a few times. Um, but this time I was pretty much just like, hello, like, OK, <laughs> <laughs> that's Midnight's, I guess. Um, it had no like. I don't know. See, still there wasn't a day, cruel like, summer. No, yeah, the there cruel wasn't summer? anything. There was like really nothing that was like except for maybe you're on your own kid where it's like oh my gosh I have to go back and listen to that again right now um maybe karma just because it's a bop but Mm -hmm. otherwise I had like no strong opinions on like any of the songs not at first they have definitely grown on me over time I will say I agree there were almost no immediate standouts to me the fact that it took me until track 11 to really get something that felt like oh, this is an iconic moment to me. It was kind of jarring and a little terrifying when it happened. I felt like when I was my first listen, at least, there was stuff missing from all the songs. It was like, this song would be good if this. This song would be good if that. And I think the most notable example for me is Antihero because like it speaks to a very like primal part of me. Like I, whenever I hear it, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I want to get up and lose my mind. However- When I think about the song, it is not very well written. And furthermore, I just think in terms of Taylor's pop songs, like when we're putting her up there with the titans of the industry, we're going with I Knew You Were Trouble. We're going with Blank Space. We're going with, you know, even Love Story makes it up there as a pop song. We're going with Shake It Off. We're going Blank Space. I think I said Blank Space already, but whatever. It It doesn't do the thing that it needs to do. It's like, it's the best of a very middling bunch i think in terms of the the pure pop songs on this album i think probably bejeweled is actually better than antihero but yeah yep. um, in my opinion uh if she was going to chase after a number one and make 16 different remixes of one song it should have been bejeweled <laughs> it should not not have been antihero that she was trying to get a number one because frankly it's just not a number one song it's not even about like 
the production or anything like that. I mean, it is obviously, but like I'm talking about like the actual subject matter of the song. Why would a song about Taylor Swift's personal demons go number one? <laughs> like, I don't understand the thought well, process who cares? behind that. Who cares? Right. This is the thing. So it's like, I think Taylor is operating from this assumption now, given all the lore and all of the, to be fair, the new fans, this influx of new fans that has appeared since Folk Evermore. It seems as though she really has understood the Easter egging and the like mining my personal life for details is what makes the hits. But when it's forced, it doesn't work. And I think parts of Midnight's feel a little bit like either not necessarily forced, but I feel like we're covering retreaded ground. Like for example, my, my spiritual song question, love it, love it so much, love it, love everything about it, but we've heard it before. Like I've heard a version of that song. There are like four versions mm-hmm. of that song, thematically at mm-hmm. least. So it's like, why are we still going on about this on the tenth studio album? Hmm? Why? Yeah, I think there's a couple of songs like that on the record, also, which is like, and I don't want anybody to be like, well, she said that you know we're revisiting you know things that have kept her awake at night in the past, blah blah blah. It's like, yeah, that's all well and good, but that's not really what I mean. Um, it's kind of like sweet nothing is like peace, but not as good. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's it's literally like the same thing, except for not as good. That's all there is to it. Um, so I. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying. Familiar territory is interesting. That's why we were so excited about the concept of the album. And I guess that's something we can discuss before we like get straight into the track list, I suppose. I felt like we were sold a false bill of goods, kind of, in that I really thought that Midnight's, I felt it had a very clear vision before I heard the record. And when I heard the record, I was like, now, what was that? What was that? <laughs> James, <laughs> like, what was James, that? What was that? It, like, obviously, I feel like we're going to get absolutely stoned in the town square for saying this, because another thing that I've noticed now is that any dissent whatsoever, any sort of critical opinion on Taylor Swift or Midnight's from us, from the people, from the other, from the other eat the rich people, they're not even allowed to talk about her anymore. Like, there's a level of fascism (laughs) that is going on, (laughs) Taylor Swift authoritarianism, that is sweeping this globe. Seriously, it reminds me of the 1989 era. Remember that journalist that got like bullied and frozen out of Hollywood because she wrote a, not even a negative, a somewhat critical review of the 1989 tour. It's giving that. And I don't want that because what happened after that? Snake Kate. It also kind of reminds me of like going like way back in the day to like, speak now ish era like just among the fans i mean because i think there really weren't any like 25 plus year old taylor swift fans back then we were that weren't weird young Mm. yeah um and so everybody was super super young so everybody was like you can't say anything bad about the queen everything she does is perfect you know you couldn't even say that her you you couldn't even say that she looked goofy up there doing her like weird dance moves um <laughs> you know before she ever like went to a dance class the wiggle and she she yeah the weird wiggle she you couldn't even you couldn't even make fun of it because people just were not it was still in the very much like living in her asshole phase of the 
of the fandom. And now I think that the reason why it's kind of going back to that is because there are a lot of new fans and they're all very young and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, I, it's like, you know, you say something like, to, you know, that to us is completely innocuous. Like, I don't know something that's not even that inflammatory. Like, uh, just for example, I don't know, Bejeweled is, is like not that good or something like that. And then you have like 10 people in your mentions being like, well, how could you say that when she's so happy? Or, or like when you say me is bad and they like show you the video of like her like dancing and like loving it. And they're like, how could you hate the song me when she's so happy? It's just like, Easily. because it sucks. Easily. Because it yeah. sucks. I don't give mm-hmm. a fuck if she had fun doing it. It sucks. I don't care. Well, this yeah. is the thing. It's the living in her asshole era, the remix. Like that's the new era's tour yeah. is like returning to this this 16th iteration of something that we've already been through before. And whenever I like see the snails saying stupid shit to me on Twitter and I go like they're, you know, and it's always now it's straight up kill yourself. It used to take a few, a few inflammatory comments or it would, you would have an exchange. It would go back and forth and all roads would lead to kill yourself. But now it's like, hi, I think that the great war is not good. And the response is, oh, you should kill yourself. It's, it's a little extreme. And then I look at these profiles and in the bio, it's like 13, 14, 15. They're well, so I don't even snow. know how to engage with that. I don't know how to engage I with can't. that. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I do not in good by conscience. accident. <laughs> not in good conscience. I don't, I don't usually conscience. expect to be speaking to a 15-year-old. I genuinely do not expect that. I so don't. Happens, it doesn't occur it to me. It shakes me to my core. It shakes me to my core. Let alone a like a preteen. That is what really shakes me. Like we got a DM on the pod that was like, do you have any tips on going to a Taylor Swift concert? And this girl was literally in middle school. And I was like, you should, we should not be messaging. Like we should not exist on an internet together. You should not be listening to the podcast. Where's mom? Where's mom? (laughs) Where's mom? For (laughs) real. Ask your mom. (laughs) You're DMing two weird adults who are obsessed with Taylor Swift. You need to be parented. Yeah, I mean, like a couple of literal stranger dangers, like literally. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing. Like I think about it, yeah. and I'm like, I don't want to be held accountable for saying that Taylor's been serving no. cunt. I don't want to feel like I can't speak my <laughs> truth. I don't want to feel like I can't say <sighs> that because there are preteens listening. I mean, yeah. I digress. But that's I think the <laughs> the median age of the fandom has dropped so much. And that has really played into this new kind of like no criticism tolerated culture, which doesn't help Taylor. It literally doesn't help her because it doesn't challenge her. It doesn't force her to be good because back in the day, it was like, you know, the critics were not afraid to go in on her. They were not afraid now because of what happens because of the gangbangs that happen on Twitter. Whenever someone says anything, even remotely critical of her now you see these reviews that are so like carefully hedged like the pitchfork midnight's review was literally like walking a tightrope it was like them trying to say okay this is really not her best work without getting people sending the writer who probably got paid like 200 bucks to write this article uh death threats in the dms it's not worth it like i understand why people censor themselves in the face of that because it's like why sign up for it when you don't have to experience it um <laughs> I didn't read the pitchfork article. I rarely do, honestly. I don't know why people set themselves up for rage. Like I if I mean, and I don't even really like okay, I'm not gonna say that. 
I was about to say, I don't really like Midnight's that much. That's not entirely true. I'm saying I'm not like a warrior. I'll put it that way. I'm not a Midnight's warrior. I'm not going to get pissed off because somebody said such and such is not as good as her other work, whatever. Um, but it's like, if 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 you are one of those people, then it's like, why are you sitting about reading reviews? Like, why are, why are you tormenting yourself and others? by reading these fucking reviews like can't you just like enjoy something like i don't understand the critical success of taylor and the um financial success of taylor and the chart success of taylor is so important to some of these fucking people and it's just like i'm at this point she has already been so fucking successful with so many things that she has done i wouldn't mind a little bit of a flop at this point because at least i'd be left in peace Mm -hmm. for once in my life it would be a humbling experience you know what? It would probably be some of the best work ever. The flop. I'm ready for flop era, Taylor. Let's go. Well, we had Lever. <laughs> Lever wasn't that long ago. <laughs> um, that was recent. Yeah, that was um, that and was she flopped. Probably her, yeah, her greatest flop to date, and that was not a shining example of that. That's not a good flop. That was no. Nope, that was a flop that good. was earned, a deserved flop. Um, period. Yeah. And also it but it was it was met by a public that was more brave to say how they really felt about Taylor. Now it's like people are legit scared of tripping the wires and it only gets worse as she grows more powerful. And I think we've talked about this before, but this midnight success is really something else. And it is really disproportionate, in my opinion, to the actual quality of the work, which is what yeah. is so surprising. Like 1989 being her biggest era prior made so much sense because it was so good. Like at, at the time, it was her most solid, coherent statement of an album. It was something new. It was bulletproof pop. Midnight's doesn't have the range. Well, what is it saying? What Like, what is the, what's fresh there? Like, literally, like what, what is, what is being done that has not been done before? I'm asking, I want an answer. What is being done that is so incredible? Nobody knows. Give me you, one you song. Answer that question from this album I, that enters the top ten Taylor Swift songs of all time. You can't. People, the only one that I would say is maybe would have, could have, should have, but like that to me, it's like she didn't even put that shit on the main, on the main circulation. She, it, you can't even purchase it. It's only on streaming, so it's like it doesn't even count to me. Of the main songs on the main record, zero. I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a literal blank. Zero. There aren't Zero. any. It's it's to me, and it's like I don't want to come across like we're that we hate the album because I think neither of us would put it at the bottom of our rankings. It's yeah. very mid to me. Like the the trick is in the name, midnights. Like that is truly how I feel yeah. about it. Like it's it is not good enough to surpass my um historical allegiance to any of the other albums. And it's certainly not well-written enough to surpass Folklore or Evermore for me. So I'm kind of like, I mean, I don't know where we go from here. I really think that's the main issue that I'm having. It's like, are we spinning our wheels now? Is she getting bored? Is she moving on to film? Because to me, this was a little lazy. Some of the writing on this record, it was inconsistent. It was haphazard. It was... There was very, there were repeated phrases and repeated metaphors over and over again, fake smiles. And that's such like a cheap cop out lyric because it, it, 
is supposed to evoke something very specific. And yet she applies it so widely throughout so many different songs that it just kind of ends up meaning nothing over and over again. So it's like, they're, the way that these songs are are written and composed, I can't think of one that is like start to finish excellence. It's like a lot of them have moments of really good stuff. Like what it could have should have bridge. Amazing. The rest of the song, it's good, but it's not as good as the bridge. Karma, the chorus is amazing. The bridge, the, the verses. Mm. Yeah. The opening verse is, I feel like Weak. she just like had to come up with something and she just, just like, like literally wrote it in like five seconds. Like she had the course already clearly she had that. And then she was like, let me work backwards. Yeah. Which is crazy because like, what, isn't that one of the ones that she did with Zoe Kravitz? Am I Mm -hmm. wrong about that? No. So it's like, how do you have like all these people in a room and nobody can come up with anything better than you're talking shit for the hell of it. Well, the thing is, it's like, I have to, I have to wonder, like Shirley Taylor's the problem here. Like she's the common denominator on all the songs. She's not working with, and we said this before, she's not working with people who edit her shit. Where is Liz Rose when you need her? Where is Liz Rose to distill the big ideas? But then again, there aren't any big ideas on Midnight's. What's the, like, what's the, like you said, Madeline, what's the new thing? What's the new theme um, problem that we're tackling None. I don't know. I don't know. Silence. I don't know. Cricket. <laughs> <Frick> <laughs> I guess we should. Do you want to get into the track list then? Yeah. All okay. Right. So Lavender Haze. That is what's what seems she seems to be positioning this as the next big smash hit from Midnight's. And that is um an interesting choice from I, her. That's a, a shocking. <laughs> shocking that she believes that. I mean, I guess like out of what we have, sure. Sure. But exactly, but it could be anything. Yeah. It could be anything. Um, So this was this was a Jack Antonoff, Zoe Kravitz, Sam Dew number. So this to me, this is one of the three songs on Midnight's, right? That are not like directly and solely produced by Jack by Jack. So I think you can tell, as in the like the sonic landscape of it is different. I like the beat. I like the track. I hate the Meet Me at Midnight at the beginning i just think that's such a forced randomly added in thing to make a non-opening track an opening track it sounds good but the lyrics mm. yeah um to me the song it's like a nothing burger like nothing's happening like it's that there's nothing you know it's like i'm eating it and it, like it tastes pretty good but so there's like no substance um i like the beat <laughs> i like the bridge mostly because but mostly because of like the way that she sings it i really like the, the vocals um i literally like the beat i don't know i like the beat <laughs> that's the, all there is to say. the vocals are good on this i will say and actually like the vocals throughout the record are pretty good what i've noticed is that there's a distinct lack of ad-libs in the final choruses did you notice that i'm like where are the sicko mode high notes and the little vocal flourishes that we once had where did they go question is kind of the only song that has those which i think is why i'm a little obsessed with it and like karma and even anti-hero are begging for some ad-libs in that final chorus to just like send it over the edge but the vocal delivery on lavender haze is really good the bridge it it's pleasing to my ears but when i think about what it's about i'm like okay it doesn't also the thing about it like the way that she teased it and the way that she described it i kind of like was frankly imagining um a 
I guess this is my fault. I don't know. But again, <laughs> this is how she put it. Like some like wonderful love song. Woo, strings, like this and the other thing. I thought it was going to be a, a wonderful, you know, beautiful song. And instead, wrong, bitch. Um, the first time I heard it, I thought, I, I, I just like the, the little sounds at the beginning of the song, you know what I'm oh, talking about? Kind of sounds like a, yeah, that. Oh, and then also there's like a, kind of sounds like a cat meowing. It's like a, <clears throat> you know what I'm talking about? It's like, yeah, eh. mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so You're being so say. diplomatic. I could see it in your face. You're like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I like the beat. That's <laughs> I all. like the beat. What would you rate it out of 10? Oh, did we, did we rate songs in the, in Midnight'sology? We did, didn't we? Oh, we're I think about we to did. A couple of boo-boo the fools, because I feel like I was really generous. Me too. Um, well, recency bias is a hell of a drug. It is. I saw some girlies putting Midnight's as their number one the day after it came out. Number one record of all time. Don't lie. Like, Don't lie. Why, why are you pretending? Anyway, um, Lavender is six. That seems fair to me. I would give it a six and a half or a seven, maybe. I'm looking forward to the music video. That is the last kind of promising visual. That looks like it's really going to serve us. And I need it after the fucking Bejeweled music video, because what was that load of hogwash? And, you know, it's one thing if, like, you're going to make a video, be like an entire Speak Now Easter egg. That's great. But then can I have it? (laughs) Then can I have it? Like, where is it now? Where is the careless man's careful daughter? Where is she? Has anyone heard from her? Haven't seen her. <laughs> Missing. God, <laughs> I have Found not dead. seen her. For all we know, <laughs> found dead. <laughs> um, Maroon. I like Maroon a lot, but again, there is something missing. And I feel like I'm going crazy when I listen to these songs because I like them like 80%. And then there's just, and it's not even that I dislike them, that remaining 20%. It's that there is something not right about them, and I don't know how to articulate it. You know, the I find the song interesting only because I literally thought it was made up. <laughs> and, like, the whole time, everyone else is like, it's a Haler song. And I was like, this is, like, front page news. <laughs> because <laughs> I was sitting here like, oh, this is, like, made up. Like, I understand, like, it doesn't go with the theme of the record for it to be made up. But, like... I still it's like a composite. It's, it's like a composite sketch. Like the only you know. reason that I I am sort of convinced that it's a Hailer song is because somebody said, "You remember that video of them like singing on New Year's or whenever that was?" Harry's not. I believe. Shoes. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's not. <laughs> of course he's not. Wearing he's shoes. not wearing shoes. So I suppose. Not. I suppose this song is about Harry Styles. If it were about anybody, it would be about him. I cannot believe the number of songs that she has given to this man. But here we are once again. It's about Harry. And for me, I like the beat. I no fucking opinion. No opinion. It's good. Like, it is a good song. I'm not saying it's not, but I like never listen to it. To me, the most referenced album on this this album seems to be Reputation, like sonically influenced the kind of the darkness of that vibe, the kind of um, doomed feeling around it. There are a couple of songs, I think, that have that. And also the production style. Maroon, that line is making so many faces. Maroon <laughs> is one of them. Maroon is like, it reminds me of dress a little bit. It has like a, 
it has a reputation vibe. It has like a New York City in December, freezing your ass off on the street in your hoe clothes vibe. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I personally, like, I, it's hard for me to imagine this song on rep. Um, great gowns, beautiful gowns. I, <laughs> I like literally have so little things to say about the song. Something that I was thinking about though is, um, is, um, about, um, I'm so sorry. I just completely lost my train of thought. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I just completely lost my train of thought. Um, oh, uh, in the bridge. Um, I know everybody really likes the um, it's a real fucking legacy lyric. What, the fuck does, what does she mean? I well, this is, thing <laughs> sounds good, but what is she talking about? <laughs> what does it mean? I think I'm like, she yes. just wanted to say fuck. I think, yeah. she, and it's like you can tell by the way she says it. That's a real fucking, fucking legacy. It's just like relax. Like we a 12-year-old that is, yeah. like, outside of the house for the first time, just swearing I, it not, up, cussing on the streets. I don't know if she realizes that we are no longer endeared by her saying fuck anymore. Like, we get it. You swear. You're grown. <laughs> you are grown. It does not impress me anymore. Um, that don't impress <clears throat> me much. Yeah. It don't. Maroon, to me, is... The girlies love this one. This is one of the songs that people just like will die on the cross for. And I would give it maybe like a an eight or a nine. It does get up to that upper tier for me on Midnight's. But again, can I stress that that's not a very high bar to clear? Um, I think I would give it a seven. Mm. Mm. Well, <laughs> moving on, since we just love the beat of this whole record, Antihero. <laughs> I think we've discussed this kind of, but I just can't. I love the second verse. The second verse is like the best writing on the song for sure. And the it's me, hi, I'm the problem, it's me. The genius melodic songwriter that knows how to make a pop hook strikes again. We haven't seen her in a while, but she's back. And the bridge to me is where it just unravels. Like it, it reminds me of the hits different bridge. It's like, okay, we're almost there. And then you just have to fucking drive the car off the cliff. You have to grace Kelly this shit and just drive off the side of the mountain and perish. Why? It could just be a straightforward, good song about your insecurities. Why do we have to go into fanciful daydreaming about your hypothetical daughter-in-law? That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, it's like also, what if she want? I mean, especially like with the recent news that apparently she could become a billionaire any day now. It's like, I don't really feel bad that you're worried about your fucking money like i really i i give it away sister give it give it to the people but anyway um i completely agree about the bridge it is i honestly feel like i stopped the song before i listened to the bridge like whenever i listen to it i'm i like i get through the second chorus and i'm like all right that Next. was anti-hero everybody that's the song <laughs> um but i do break down like i respect it for what it is I, I think it, it is a good song. It's simply not my reality. It's not <laughs> it's... my reality. I am a mirror ball. I am not an antihero. That's all there is to it. Period. That's what I have to say. You know what I was also thinking about antihero that struck me the other day as an interesting thought is that, you know, she dropped the underdog thing, maybe in reputation, kind of. I mean, that has this has been remarked upon many times that she positions herself as this outsider this anti-hero, this person who we root for despite all the odds in the world's being against them, when in reality, 
in the real fucking world of reality, Taylor Swift has every door, every opportunity, every good grace, every blessing open to her in this world. To I understand that she's talking about this from her perspective. She thinks of herself as the anti-hero, but this song is strategic in that like it reinforces to us that she she's aware that she's not the best person in the world and shouldn't we feel bad for her that she has insecurities shouldn't we feel bad and don't we still root for her anyway isn't she our anti-hero it reinforces going back to the good girl thing the underdog the chip on the shoulder it has an element of that to it which is interesting to me i'm not even saying that as like a a mean thing to say like i really i'm you know we are constantly interested in the workings of her very messed up psyche. That's why we have a whole podcast for it. But that is a thought that occurred to me when this song was really popping off. Yeah. Um, I agree with, I agree with all that. Um, there's just something about it that doesn't click. I mean, did you hear her COVID nar- covert narcissism disguised as altruism? We did. Did you hear it? I heard it. Uh, did- I heard it loud and clear, loud and clear, James. (laughs) Who said that? Who (laughs) said that? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Does it enter the upper echelon of her best pop songs? I don't know. The music video didn't help me help make a case for it. What was with the color palette of that video? It had every chance to serve, but to me it was like so drab and muted. And like the vibrancy of the colors was just... It was very washed out. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I loved the koi fish guitar and the smashing the koi fish guitar. Like that's just bait at this point. But as a video, it's self-directed. Let me ask the audience. What do you think of her direction? Well, we already know what the audience thinks. Um, Just judging by uh, the outpouring of support for... um, I'm not even going to get into that, but... Mm -mm. But you know, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, snow on the beach, weird and not fucking beautiful, featuring Lana Del Rey. Allegedly, I can't find her. I don't I can't hear tell. no Lana Del Rey. I can't tell. I can't tell. <laughs> I hear a ghost. I hear an apparition. Yeah. I hear an echo. Actually, that's the best. Mm-hmm. That's what I hear. I hear a fucking echo. This song is a wet fart. <laughs> I don't like the beat. I don't like the beat. <laughs> Bad beat, bad gown. Yeah, bad beat, bad gown, bad. It serves nothing. Like I've tried to like it, I can't. And of course, this is Gigi Hadid's favorite song. By the way, of course it is. Of course it is. Why is this like the least surprising thing I've ever heard? Well, Martha um, Hunt's favorite song is probably like fucking vigilante shit or something completely. Just oh yeah, irrelevant. 100%. Beside yeah, the just... point, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, Snow on the Beach was, for many reasons, such a letdown. But most of all, you have these two masterminds, like these two savants of pop music in very different ways, and you put them in a room together, and this is what comes out. Like, I actually can't fathom how that happened. I can only hold Jack Antonoff responsible. Somehow he's the key. No, I completely agree with you. It's his fault. (laughs) He's the key. He's the key. It's his fault. And also, writing-wise... Lana contributed one line to that song. And that lo- that song is the Aurora Borealis Green line. And um, I, I just say, I wonder, I kind of feel like Lana was asked to come in and like Taylor mostly had the song written. She was like, this is the idea. And Lana was like, I love it. 
<laughs> and that's what she did. And that was her contribution. She breathed yeah. on the mic and said, I'll take my royalty payments now. Thank you. Yep. I mean, I actually, yeah. you know what? I really agree with that. I think that this song was almost done by the time Lana was roped in on it. I have a feeling that it seems to me that Taylor is now working in this really casual way. I mean, she got Dylan on the fucking drums by uh, mistake. It seems that they just kiki and hang out. And whenever they hang out, Taylor's being that annoying friend who makes everything about herself by being like, oh, guys, just give me one second. I have to go cut a take. I have to go cut a track. Well, I'm in the middle of writing something. She's- She's found like a real like yes man in a lot of her friends. Like Dylan O'Brien, he's a nothing person. I need this to be known. <laughs> I need that he does nothing. He contributes nothing to society. He, he has offers nothing. nothing to women. He doesn't do anything. So that's why he's now a member of the squad. She mm-hmm. knows Easy. how to pick him because she will. He will do anything that she fucking asks him to do. There's a reason why historically effervescent, shining. Beacons of creative energy and interesting thoughts do not make appearances in Taylor Swift's squad. I mean, Selena Gomez is the closest we've got to a Da Vinci in the Taylor Swift girl squad. And let me tell you, it's not that close. She still hasn't been in the studio. Like she still has not been invited to the studio. And it's like mystifying to me. It's like, wait a second. Everybody but Selena, like there has to be a reason at this point they haven't worked together. Well, because Selena's probably too interesting of them all. She's probably like, she might steal the thunder a little bit. But I mean, I just can't imagine why Taylor did this Lana Del Rey feature. Like she she knows how we react to her like bait and switching us like that. And this to me was literally a false bill of goods. And she did it on purpose because she said it before the album came out. She was like, this song featuring Lana Del Rey as though she was about to do something and she did nothing. She served nothing. And it's too long. Yeah. She was way too happy on those goddamn Midnight's Midnight's Mayhem episodes. Why? I, I really thought I I really <laughs> thought that we were about to receive the, the record of the century. That's because she was acting you can't like she trust had something her. in you the back. You can't trust her. You can't trust her. She enthusiastically promoted me for months on end, even after it flopped catastrophically and she had to edit the song. <laughs> we can't trust her. She just wants to sell. That's at the end of the day. Yeah. I remember. Do you remember that weird little fellow who was like everybody found like when Midnight's Mayhem was happening and they were like, this album is going to tank because she's acted. Do you remember this? Mm-mm. You might have been you might have been too busy to notice this. I I was um noticing like they found this account that was like obsessed with her chart success. You know, like a chart Swifty, as there are many of them. This one was particularly psychotic and was like convinced that the album was going to absolutely tank because of Midnight's Mayhem. It's like, well, why because what? of that only? Like I don't understand. And then meanwhile, I mean, they they were not correct in terms of the charts. I will say that. I mm-hmm. will say that much. The album has um, exceeded expectations. Um, Taylor albums don't flop that? on the charts. Where are people getting this from? Like, where are they? What it's imaginary world has Taylor ever flopped? Even Lover I'm that saying, was like, maybe not the yeah. biggest success was still huge. It was still the best selling many... album since Reputation. Didn't it sell? It was like 800,000, right? Yeah. It wasn't a million. Yeah, that's still pretty goddamn good. People act like when she doesn't sell a million, it's like she's going on like no one was selling. Like no, 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 no. Nobody sells. People don't even sell five hundred thousand. 
oh, people don't 100,000. Average is like 200. Even for somebody like oh, that's big really names good. Like Miley Cyrus, 200 is really Demi good. Demi Lovato. You, I mean, I think uh, Demi Lovato sold like what 90,000 of that record. She just 40,000. <laughs> no. Whoa. This is what I'm talking about. Where does this, this is exactly like, what I mean? Delusional brain, delusional world. We delusion. live in an alternate reality. Even if maybe, she only ever sold five hundred thousand one day, she, it's still five hundred. That's still half a mil. Nobody, you can, Adele can't even sell that much anymore. And also, what fucking difference does it make? What difference does it make to you? You are you are a thirteen year old. You got to go to class. You got to go get your free hot dog in the cafeteria and a glass of milk and sit down and think <laughs> about your calculus test. What are you doing? What, how does this affect you? It doesn't. And it's like, it's getting old too, like being obsessed with how successful she is. It's like, who gives a fuck? Then that's how it's like, it's people clapping and cheering for the fact that she's going to be a billionaire. It's like, I need you to wake up and like smell reality. But then they, but this is the thing. It's like, they, they respond poorly to nepotism babies stuff like that right like they love getting up in arms about various other kind of vaguely anti-capitalist thing but when it comes to taylor swift it's like straight girl boss no no critical thinking whatsoever she deserves everything that she has she has never used uh dubious or nefarious means to get anything that she wants the anti-hero remixes let's fucking have a conversation about that you know you can't have any sort of like balanced discussion about whether or not Taylor is like entirely purely motivated and she shouldn't be who in this world is like, give me a pop star. That is like an altruist. You can't, that's not the name of the game, but I hate the willful denying of reality. That's really what gets my fucking goat. And I think what makes us look like haters, because in the, in the scheme of things, we are really not even being that critical of her. We are still coming from a place of you are the best oh. artist in the entire world. <laughs> that's that's bought, where we come from. I didn't want to tell you how many copies of the fucking album I bought on vinyl. <clears throat> so it's like, why am I why am I being criticized? I, I've literally contributed <clears throat> to the success. So it's like, why am I on the chopping block just because I said it's not as good as other records? Am I not allowed to have a thought? No, that, <laughs> you aren't, Madeline. You literally aren't. <clears throat> Well, back to the track list. I think you're on your own kid is up next. And Madeline, to me, that seems to be one of your standout tracks from the record. Is it your number one? I think it is. That is my number one. Um, I have a lot to say. Hold on. I got a lot of down. This say is like the all, one that baby. I have like an actual thing to say. Okay. So I've said it before, but the song is like a coming of age film in a song. And um, I kind of feel like it's like a really condensed version of Taylor's own personal coming of age. And I think this is why I've heard people say that this is like the ultimate track five in that way, because it's like, <clears throat> it kind of takes like little pieces of all of them. Do you know what I mean? And like makes this like big momentous, momentous moment out of like a lot of little tiny things that have happened to her. Um, I think it's like her life story just like boiled down in a single song. And it's like, to me, that's like insane. Like when I think about like the layers to it, it's like, like this is to me, like this is one of the most midnight songs on midnight. Like this song fits what she said the album was going to be like more than any other song on the record. Even more than like, I don't know, question, what could have, should have, stuff like that. Like this is the midnight song 
to me. I find it very relatable, like in a way that I haven't found her relatable since like speak now. You know what I mean? Like, not mm. that she's not relatable anymore, but like there was a certain relatability that I had to her when I was a teenage girl. And so is she. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's something about like the way that I felt about her during like Fearless and Speak Now that's completely different. And like, you can't ever get that feeling back. But like this song almost brings it back for me. Um, I love it. I it's like really... the only 10, like 10, 20. I would say 20 out of 10. <laughs> 20 out of 10. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I love that you love it. Also, it reminds, I agree, it does. I haven't been able to articulate it like that, but it's true that it, it recalls a certain level of um, connection to Taylor that I simply in this day and age just don't have to her anymore, I suppose, that I can only conjure, as you said, through re-listening. That's why the re-records is like, such a joyful process for me because it's like getting to hear the, the album again for the first time and like reliving all those things and this really scratches that itch it's in that it's in that vein it's of that tradition and I remember when I first heard it from the the first verse I was like this is a debut song and it kind of like you said it goes through like the first verse is kind of debut and then it like progresses on to like speak now in red and there's a lot about like feeling cool and um you know looking for love and approval in the wrong places and not trusting your instincts like these are all themes that have come up on track fives before as you mentioned i really like this song but there's one moment in it that kind of takes me out of it and it's where the make the friendship bracelets that moment when it becomes oh. prescriptive <laughs> I don't love that part. I love the the very frank retelling, the kind of it reminds me of like um like a script almost where you have scenes and then you have like a hard cut between each scene. It's very it's very visual to me in my brain. But that that part where it becomes a little bit like it reminds me of that song from Lord's album Secrets from a Girl Who's Seen It All. It just comes off like a little bit I don't I don't prescriptive. I don't know how else to describe it. It's like I don't want you to tell me how to have my feeling about this song. I want to feel it. And I was feeling it and I still am, but it, it took me out for a sec. Um, I kind of agree. I don't like the make the friendship bracelets line. I think that that is the one line in the song that, you know, we could have taken that one out because like, I don't, it's, it's very, I mean, at the same time, it's very her, but like, I, it just, it doesn't fit to me. Like it kind of ruins the the conclusion of the song. So it's like, I just like remove it. And to me, um, the ending is like a lot better. Make the friendship bracelets. It's like, I do <laughs> want to cry when I get to the end of this song though. When I do sit through it, when it gets to, um, um, you've got no reason to be afraid. I'm like, yeah. damn, damn. That's a real fucking me. legacy. Speaking that, of speaking. That of is a real fucking legacy. <laughs> <laughs> One that actually makes sense. Yes, it does. Yeah. I think had we given this song to Liz Rose, it I mean it could have been even greater. She got yeah. her paws on it. She if she I just, also think that got that line out. Liz Rose never yeah. would have let that happen. Not on her watch. No. I feel like Jack lets a lot of things slide. <laughs> I feel like he does because I think he's also there going. He encourages Girl. it. He aids yeah. and abets this behavior. He but just wants to keep getting that... his check. <laughs> I do think that he was like a really good producer for the song like the for the for the actual thing for like the thematic, euphoric yeah he I think that he was a really good choice for that I mean he we had no other choice but he he was he actually worked in this instance 
I love Jack Antonoff's production. Like I love pretty much every song that he's done production work on. I have enjoyed. It's when he's also the only co-writer. That's when I start to have a problem with Jack Antonoff because I think that his his strength is not songwriting. If you listen to any of those fucking Bleachers songs, I'm sorry. They are all banal cliches, recycled Springsteen lyrics, very obviously trying to be something that's not authentic. And clearly, as I keep saying, he is a behind the console person. He should be behind his buttons, pushing and twisting knobs and bleep, bloop, bleep, and <laughs> texting his friends. He should not be in front of the camera singing. He should not be writing. He is like, I want to keep him in her basement and just like send little tasks down to him through like the chimney <laughs> and just have him bloop, 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 send them back up. He's not allowed to give notes. <laughs> there's no, there's no, He's like, like hey, the- maybe I should do this. It's you do what you're told. He's like the the man in the basement in Parasite, like banging his head on the wall with the light switches. <laughs> Let me out. And he doesn't yeah. deserve to be. He no. needs some time. He needs to do some time in the basement. Yeah. But he also does the following question. Wait, sorry. I just was looking at the track list. And I guess I just that, that word <laughs> just leapt out of me because that's not even the song that comes up next. <laughs> That was like he did do he did do the next one too. He did do he, the he, next he one. He did too. them all. He, he did, did them all. all of them. Midnight Rain, track six. Now I would just like to have my moment of vindication because you said that it was going to be really corny and bad. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> I said I. Here's what I said. I want clarity on this. I can I go said, back to tape. It could go one of two ways. It could either be the slay of the century or it could be incredibly corny. I see, see because and I was put right it halfway. Bottom, bottom of the rank. Yeah, you like, because I didn't expect a lot of it. You put question at the dead last. Let's talk about that. If we're going to put people on the cross, let's start there. <laughs> oh, no. And it's, it's, it's on the birthday boys week as well. This is yeah. the birthday yeah. boys saved yep. our lives. We're both going on mm-hmm. the cross today. Well, yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess we can call it even. Tis the damn season. There we go. I mean, Midnight Rain, I love her. She is the moment. She is the garbled message in a bottle underwater queen that we wanted and we needed. This song really has a vibe to it. I really like the vibe of this song. It's mysterious in a way that's that's good and that makes sense. Not mysterious in like a snow on the beach. What the actual fuck are you talking about kind of way. Midnight Rain is saying something. And like, I'm actually okay with not knowing specifically what it is, but I feel as though it does. This is another Midnight's song, like you said, with You're On Your Own Kid. Actually, this three run of songs, You're On Your Own Kid, Midnight Rain, and Question, do all fit to me cohesively with that idea of what Midnight's is supposed to be. These like urgent confessions, these things you've never said, blah, 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 which by the way, is very similar to the conceit for Speak Now. I'm, but we're just recycling things, I guess. But Midnight Rain. She is the moment. I actually think I cracked the code on Midnight Rain. I think I finally figured it out. I For a while, I was like, the reason that I kept listening to it was because I was like, there's like a hidden message in the song and I want to know what it is. But it's like, I had like a total like, that's so Raven, like, like drifting vision. into the, yeah. So um, it, it reminded me of um, 
kill more girls actually this is how i cracked the code so in season seven when lorelei and christopher break up for the last time they get divorced um lorelei says something to him that i think is like the the crux of what midnight rain is about she says you are the man that i want to want which is what i think that midnight rain is actually about because speaking about like in the second verse especially when she talks about his perfect family and you know for him it's every day and it's like this perfect life to her and she wishes that she could have it but she knows that she doesn't fit um and she knows that she doesn't really love him in the way that she perhaps should because he seems like such a perfect guy um i think that that is like really what it's about she, he was lit he was he was literally sunshine and she was midnight rain tell me that that's not lorelei and christopher a let's go there <laughs> i mean i cracked the code you i cracked did. the code that is my opinion I am this actually just when you said that, that really recalled to me something super triggering that multi multiple people have said is that you, Madeline, are sunshine and I am midnight rain, which I just I think don't... is extremely rude. <laughs> and also you're not sunshine. Well, no, <laughs> Come on, I mean, I mean, both like, midnight I, rain. I, I mean, if you have to like, uh, like between the two of us, maybe, but like yeah. not in general, in, in general, people would not say that about no, me. You're a, you're a midnight rainer too. It pours. It turns it the clock goes to midnight and it starts pouring in my room. So Come the witching about? hour, you're drowned. Yeah. yeah. You are <laughs> submerged. Yeah. And I think, yeah, midnight rain is good. I love the bridge so much. This is one of my favorite bridges on this album. I guess sometimes we all get just what we wanted. And I, I've seen a lot of people, my instinct, again, I also don't know if this is a composite character as I think Maroon is I think a lot of these are like familiar feelings that she's had in multiple relationships which is why it can feel a little unclear as to who the songs are about because at the end of the day that's irrelevant in this day and age to everyone but us <laughs> we are the only people right. that still fucking care yep. about who is the song about yep. <laughs> because we've been trained like bloodhounds to sniff it out and I think I mean to me it's a Taylor Knotler song, but I know a lot of people are saying it's a Tom Hiddleston song, but I think Tom Hiddleston's a freak secretly in private. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Taylor Lautner's a freak because he's marrying another Taylor. Like that's freakish behavior, right? It is. How often does that happen? Like when it was just Taylor squared, like, all right. So, you know, you met each other, you both say Taylor. Ha ha. How does that happen twice in a lifetime? Um, does it ever feel like everything is second best after that meteor strike. strike literally yeah <laughs> for him it was for him it really yeah, was it was mm -mm. but yeah i midnight rain a highlight from the album for sure objectively a highlight and also sleeper hit that was like the third most dream song from midnights for weeks i one thing i will say about it is that i think that this song could be the hit of the century if only I know you know what I'm going to say. If only there say. was less of the vocal distortion. It's not that I don't like the vocal distortion at all. It's like, why does it happen so much? Like, it could have just been on the first sentence. It didn't even need to go all the way through the first chorus, the introduction no, I, I chorus. It could have just tapered off. I was off, so, though. so relieved when she actually sang it normal at least once. I was like, thank God, because otherwise the song would be in the trash because <laughs> I don't. It's just it's not my favorite production. I will say that. But I do love the production like the little ting tings and stuff like that. Like generally I do. I just don't like that. The robot voice. Yeah. James Charles. It's good. Actually, I think. Stop. Is... No, you can't. I literally have hat 
to pretend that I didn't see that. I pretend I do not see it with that video of James Charles. When someone said that it sounds like that, I was like, okay, I'm never listening to James Charles singing ever again because I can't stand to have one of the only great songs on this album ruined for me. I can't. There's not, not enough material Charles. to go around. Not by James Charles. No, no, no. <laughs> Bye, sister. Bye, sister. Up next is the craziest, most fucked up, insane amazing hieroglyphic okay that's what it is it is literally it doesn't it's basically not in the english language but it's question and can i ask you a question madeline can i ask you a question mm -hmm. is this or is this not the zodiac killer's inner thoughts is this not his interior monologue like is no, seriously this like crazy or is it not <laughs> You go into like the notebooks that this this was written in, and it's like in those little symbols, like the zodiac <laughs> symbols. Ready, me, ready, me. <laughs> like, this song think... is fucking nutty. Like it is. She's mental. That's mental illness, love. Like it is legit <laughs> craziness. And like where even it's the thing is is that the I remember part. It's like the least part is the least crazy part of the song. That's not the craziest part. It's crazy. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, no, that is the craziest part because she went so long trying to be like, don't talk to me about Harry Styles. That wasn't important to me. I'll put out a song called Style, but I'm not going to discuss it otherwise. Out of the woods, that only kind of came out a little bit later that it was about him. Question, she literally said, 911. Can you put Harry Styles on the phone? Can you transfer the line? I need to speak with him right away. She, talk about message in a bottle. This is what that is. I, you need to take over Madeline. I'm having a mental breakdown. A message in a bottle is all that she could do. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, you know, she saw him at the Grammys and something unscrewed in her little brain. Some like a screw came loose. She's like, so fucking uh, lucky that they were wearing masks. She's so lucky because I would give money to see what was going on on that face of hers under there. Well, the other thing is that it was you could see Harry, but you couldn't see her. It was just her back. I I can like even though again like I'm not a hailer, but like I can see this video like in surround sound HD. I can see Aaron standing there off to the side looking between the two of them like he doesn't know what the fuck to do or say. I can see Harry doing his like really awkward smile where he's like it was good to see you. Literally like we're lip reading them. That's how And in Taylor's head, are. in Taylor's head, she's going, "Can please ask I me to ask marry you?" you a question. He's <laughs> <laughs> saying to drive someone kiss you in a crowded room. <laughs> Which She's like, if, like this, if this mask weren't on my face right now, I'd be giving you a smoochie. Yeah, we'd be fucking locking <laughs> lips. Giving you a smoochie. I, uh, to me, it's like psychotic. She's it, crazy. It, it is on another level of crazy. And it's it's so crazy that it's actually put people off of it because it is so incomprehensible that I understand why. If you know nothing about Taylor Swift, or even if you're like, if you're a new fan, you're not really familiar with the lore. This is a fucking weird song. It is. It's crazy. This one is for, I don't even want to say it's for the girls and gays. This one is for the people with severe late stage mental illness. Like that's who it's for. It's for those of us who are on our way to the infirmary. This is like, 
for the girlies who have been wearing the same pair of like macaroni and cheese stained sweatpants for like three days with their hair in a unwashed hair in a bun on top of their head, tweeting and judging celebrity women for the way that they look on the red carpet <laughs> because they have been so broken by a man. <laughs> like I don't, I have no other way to describe it. Like, this is I literally don't for people who have never been in a healthy relationship, which is why no. it is so fucking crazy that she put this song out and that some people in this world have heard this song and are okay with this song being out in the world. And by some people, I'm talking about the wax man. Certain people, certain individuals, um, you know, he was played the song. He heard, does it feel like everything else is second best after that meteor strike? And he said, sounds great, love. What are you talking? Joseph, the call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) Madeline, people literally died. People actually died when the song came out. Like, it is just beyond. And people keep being like, well, it would be good, but the chorus doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, bitch. It's not supposed to make sense to you. To you. It's not for you. When will you realize that? This song is not for me. It's not for you. It's for Harry Styles. It's for one fucking person. That's what's so crazy about it. She put it on what she knew was going to be her big return to pop, her biggest album of all time. And she refused to explain. She said, I won't elaborate. There will be no explanation. There will just be be question. Questionation. That's That is what we got. Um, the layers to the song too are like bonkers. When when she's talking about um politics, gender roles, you're not sure. I don't know. That's how I feel. What are we talking about? <laughs> I'm not sure. He go to what? What? They're just like uh, it's insane to me. Like the levels. This song, like even if there wasn't like the I remember in the start of the song, this song could only be about Harry Styles. Everything about it is a giant neon sign that says Harry Styles. Everything. It's crazy. She's like this Screw is loose. Proof. Screw this is like loose. second only to her like Kennedy fascination. Like the most proof I have that she's psychotic. Yeah, that's number <laughs> this one. Is, that is literally yeah. number fucking one. This yeah. one, well, this one is more concerning because it's recent. And it was, you're so right. I didn't even think that the the incident that prompted this absolute insane rambling was the Grammys. Because it, of course, of course it was. Of course that's what unlocked this. And it's like, mm-hmm. if I was being given a paper ring and I knew that Harry Styles was being offered fucking diamonds on a silver platter through Morse code, I wouldn't be very happy about that, personally. Well, it's like, also, it's like, at this point, it's like, I kind of almost want them. This is, I'm about to say something nuts, but I'm going to say it. I kind of almost want them to, like, give it another fucking go. Like, let's just do it. Let's see what happens. Because obviously it's your obsession. Because he, he apparently, is just out there sucking and fucking anybody. So why couldn't it be Taylor? I think Obviously, they're both into it. He's the only ex, I think, that actually doesn't really care that much about Taylor. Like, I get to him that he truly, I think for him, he truly is like, wish you well, girly, enjoy. Like, have a good life. I wish you nothing but love. I was a 19-year-old or an 18-year-old when I met you. Like, I'm not that person anymore. In her brain, she's like, this is the one person that, like, did not doggedly pursue me, that did not bash me in the press, 
that does not still harbor some sort of feeling towards me. Like this person truly healthily, like kind of just went, nice to meet you, goodbye. And that is the fucking question. That is the question. You know, maybe you make a point because maybe that's the reason that she's so fucking obsessed is because like he doesn't give a fuck. He's mum. That's the thing. Mum on the subject. That's the thing. That's probably the thing that drives her the most bananas. Because she can have any man. Calvin yes. got on there and went on a fight. <laughs> he was ripping his in her car walls. door in off her its walls. hinges. Mm-hmm. And Harry has never given anything. I he has, know. He has made two public kind of service announcements about this. He said he refused to say that he did not like being written about. He was extraordinarily gracious about that. And he also said he wrote the song Perfect for One Direction which was like, if you're looking for someone to write your breakup songs about, I'm perfect. Then he wrote, I think, one identifiable song from his first album about Taylor. And how many songs has she written about him since they ended? He's written maybe two, maybe two. Taylor? And the contents of his songs are like, hmm. I mean, he's he he's nothing. So like, that's also why. But also, like, he just hasn't like said much about her. She's saying everything. Yeah, she's really putting him on blast. Kind of. <laughs> the meteor strike in question. She's putting is her, herself like on blast. Literally blowing him up in the press when any chance that she gets. Um It's nuts to me that she insane. thinks she can get away it's with insane. it. It's, it's really insane. crazy. It makes it's me just, wonder it's... like what else is about him that's just like hidden? Like, is there any folklore songs that are secretly about Harry? I mean, the one, obviously. Elicit Affair is kind of Gave me a Harry Styles vibe. I don't know why. I love it. it. I love it. Mm-hmm. When she was going in and out of start... his hotel all the time. I need to like think about him. Like I need to think about like folklore and evermore like through the Harry lens because mm. I bet mad. there's more. They're gonna get mad at us. Well, also, can I just stress to everybody that I'm not even a hailer. Like I don't like Harry Styles. No, in neither fact, of us are. I don't like his music. I don't. I don't want to go to the concerts. I don't think he's hot. I think he looks like a basset hound. He's aging poorly. I'm not into it. I think the high waisted <laughs> shorts are funky. Like the man is melting in front of my eyes. I'm not interested in him. What I am interested in is the position that he holds in Taylor's mind and the fucking meteoric influence that he has over her. He is the bitch who could say, don't say yes, run away now. And she would pick up her dress and clatter down the aisle and run away with him. She would. Um, Sleep with one eye open. Seriously. Because he's literally like... I don't, I don't even the have one the that words. got away. I don't have the words. It's, I don't have the words. But it's more it's than not, that. It's more than the one that got away. She has this like, it's almost not even about him anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's not. It's about her. It's something, it's something deeply dead, loose inside of her brain that comes through on this song. And you know what? To surmise, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And if you don't, then I honestly feel bad for you because to get it, you get to access a real fun, crazy part of your brain. Yeah. 10 psycho part 10 10 10 all around (laughs) what do you give it uh i would give it a 10 honestly like even though it's not like the song that i reach for a lot um when i do listen to it i really enjoy it i I, you know uh, 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 i love it (laughs) it has a beat also it's very 1989 and this is a beat that i can say i love i I don't just like the beat 
I love, love the beat. <laughs> love the beat. Great beat. But this is very 1989 to me as well. That was kind of the other very. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, back. this is like the the like especially because Jack is on it and like doing the Jack 1989 shit. Like, this is a 1989 song, period. And I I love that a little period extra dot. a little extra something for the girlies. Yeah, and we lopped it up. You know what we didn't lap up though? Track eight, vigilante shit. I gagged, I gasped, I screamed, I threw up, I cried. I had many epiphanies when I heard vigilante shit for the first time and i never fucking listened to it ever again other than by accident i'm i'm kind of disappointed because like my i don't know if anybody remembers this but like my um like vision for vigilante shit when i first read the title i was obsessed with it i was like oh my gosh i really wanted it to be about like uh forbidden romance because i think that would be like the sexiest thing ever and i like also she's been down that road before so i i I thought that's what it was going to be about. And then instead I get the, 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 I'm going to kill Scooter Braun. Like we know we've heard He's dead. you say you're going to He's kill dead. him. He's he literally dead. You're <laughs> literally beating a dead body. Like, stop. I mean, I do. I, I think it's fun, but like, I don't know. Like mad woman is better. This is another one of those instances where it's like, this is a uh, uh, simply a reprise of a song that already exists, and, and like it's a shower I do, thought. I do like it. I like it. Like I'm not saying I think it's bad. Um, I think it's a little like meager. Like it vigilante shit. Like it should be bigger. Um, I think it could be darker, but instead it's just like um, wow, you know, and it like that sound in the background, and it's just like mm. it's this not-, is not what I envisioned. This was not my vision. That's what it's not saying. a song also that's what i would like to just explore as well is that it's not a song it's like a it's a piece of spoken word and if i wanted to listen to spoken word which i never fucking do because i hate that shit i would go and seek it out this is not a song like there isn't really a chorus and there isn't really a hook and it's like this was specifically put on the album to deliver tea does that fit with the midnight's theme of intimate, no. raw, vulnerable confessions. This is well, uh, this is that character. I mean, I understand that she's exposing that side of her, that vengeful side, but I just, I, th- I agree with you. I think the, the devil's in the details and the execution of this could have been better. It's not bad, but again, I, it's mediocre. I, I like things that I like about it. Let me think. So I like when she says, I'm on my vigilante shit again. We love it. A Batman was shaking in his boots. Um, mm-hmm. While he was doing lines. Yeah. We love it. <laughs> yeah. And crossing all mine. We love it. Um, I I hate the opening line. And like, I know everybody's been over this. It is so quintessential, like millennial know, feminist so, white so girl. Taylor. Which is who she is. So it's like, mm-hmm. I don't like it. But it's like, I accept it for what it is because that's who she is. That is who she fucking is. Let's call um, it what it is. It's it's the title of a Jezebel blog post from 2013. That's what it is. It is. That went viral on Facebook. It is. Draw cat eyes sharp yep. enough to kill a man. TM. Vigilante shit to me. Um, wow. <laughs> I like the beat. I like <laughs> the gowns, beat. Beautiful gowns. I, well, I have to me, to, to me, it's just okay gowns. I'm going to give it, yeah. we, we're, I don't even think we're doing ratings, but if I had to give it a rating, I'd give it like a five or a six. It has no replay value. That's really my main issue with it is that I don't want to listen to it. Yeah. It's like for like very specific things. Like, like if know, I was walking Halloween down the party? street. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, even in private, I'm like, mm, skip. 
Sad. Up next, not a skip, not a skip. In fact, a sleigh, a sleigh that has really grown on me over time. And this is actually, I remember when I heard it, I was like, this is such a Madeline song because it is. It is. It's bejeweled. I think this is the supermodel of Midnight. Frankly, I think it's better than Karma. This is my number two. I would honestly as say a that. Song, like, I can, as a song yeah. on the whole, it's much better than Karma. However, Karma's chorus is better than anything else on the album. So it's like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Again and again and again and again and again. It's like, I replay, replay, replay. This is like the only song in the record that I just listen to over and over and over. I love. It, yeah it's like i press listen. play and it's like front to back i'm i'm stunning yeah, front to fucking back i love it i love every single fucking second of it i love her um nice i think it, it's just like so good so cute um it's anyway. very chilled it's very relaxed it's like a banger that also is it takes exactly. its time to bang yeah easy listening Easy listening, very very reputation coded. That's why I thought that you would like it a lot. It's very Mm -hmm. reputation. Also, what have we been begging for, Madeline? We've been begging for- The Calvin Harris The A little bit. Just We just wanted a- Just a little teeny tiny bit. And she served it to us. This is better than I could have ever imagined it. Oh, so much better. In the shoes I gave you as a present. You understand me? In the shoes, people evacuated as a present their homes when they heard that they had to fire alarms were going off. (laughs) (laughs) It, I, I can't. I, I mean, it's like when I think about it, it's like this is not like a a deep song by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know if I have a lot to really say about it other than I listen to it and it makes me happy and I love it. I listen to it every day, actually. Yeah. I listen to this in yep. Antihero every day. Antihero, I don't know fucking why. You listen to Antihero every day? It was my top played song from Midnight's of the year. I'm speechless. I me Not too. Question. I was shook. Question was like <laughs> question. Uh, Bejeweled was above question. Midnight Rain was above question. Can you believe? I don't think question clicked for you until it didn't. It, didn't it took a couple. Click. It took a week yeah. or two. I had to really. I had to let the crazy, I had to, I had to let the, the little crazy woman in the door. Yeah. She, was, she was clawing her eyes out and banging on my door. And I was like, just a minute, just a minute. I'm attending to other things. Karma's my boyfriend. Give me one second. Yeah. And then I came back. I circled back. But Bejeweled's so good. And you know what? I'm really upset that we didn't get a concept video for this because. Oh, the more I think about the video, the matter I get. I hated the it. source material, <laughs> like, and it's like, yes, uh, I love um, to see. Like, why do we have to go with the most literal interpretation of Bejeweled, and why do we have to do superfluous, indulgent, stupid fucking dialogue? Like the story, there is no story. First of all, there is no plot. Second of all, the plot that she tried to craft is awful. It's terrible. The dialogue sucks. Um, and again, I repeat, the entire thing only exists to tease speak now. Laura Dern said, speak not. Do the math. Like, that's Do the it. only reason Laura Dern is there, is to say, speak not. And it's like, why that's Bejeweled? The only she's there. Why did she you hire Laura Dern? Laura Dern. She to brought her in not. to say, speak not, wench. And it's like, I can't think of anything. I mean, obviously, she was there, she was having fun. She has no problem saying speak not wench, whatever. She, she had no fucking sisters. clue what that meant. She had either. no she was clue like, okay, what it meant. Sure. She was like, sure, she heard the not. song, she read the dialogue, and was like, all right, I like the beat. <laughs> I like the beat. <laughs> um, Waste of Lord Dern, the Hype Sisters, I could give a rat's fucking ass about. 
Get well, it was just, tree. it was so nasty of her to cast them as her ugly stepsisters. Like I laughed my fucking ass off when I saw that. I Deserved. was like, you Deserved. set them up. You set them up. I don't want to hate on them with too hard. I'm hating on them like extra lately because they're my opener in Seattle. Out of mm, anybody, out of that, anybody that I could have gotten, that is the worst. Like to me personally, I would I like really the music. rather... I don't. I nothing. It gives me nothing. It does nothing for me. Um. I I would rather Gail, Gail A B C D E F U. Love it. Um. I really would rather Phoebe Bridges. I can't stress to you like the fact that some people get to see Taylor and Phoebe Bridges in the same night, and I don't is like a hate crime. What about Taylor and Paramore? Um, I assume you're just not thinking about that. Uh, it. I've kind of like released it because there was no fucking way I could have made it to that show. So it doesn't matter. It's just like, it, it's not happening. It, it could never happen. Um, I'm broken, obviously, <laughs> but it's only one show. Isn't it only one show? Are they yeah, it's just one now? show. Nope, just one. Um, That is, I, I don't, I don't think about it. I don't think about it. Why I, I have repressed it. You just reminded me. Um, uh, sorry, let's I don't think about that. I we'll go back to the I'm track list. Like, we'll go back okay. to the track list. <laughs> The Jewel 10 I'm out of 10 right forever now. and always, forever and always. Production's so good as well. Reputation coded, as you said. And then we move on to another song that I think is supposed to be reputation coded, but I just can't with this song. And what's so annoying to me about this album is like every fucking song that I say I don't like, someone has to tell me their life story. They have to be like, my mom died yesterday and this was her favorite song. She actually got to hear it before Midnight's came out. She heard it actually in 1996 and she's loved it every single day ever since. And you not saying that you don't like it is an international war crime. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Sometimes I don't like the beat. Sometimes I don't like the song. Sometimes it's not a good gown. And to me, Labyrinth sucks. I'm not even going to mince my words. Labyrinth sucks. I also am always like taken aback when I say that, like, I'm not vibing on something. I don't like something. And somebody's like, well, to me personally, and they go into this whole thing about why they personally, I mean, here's I my thing. It's like, fuck. but my, I don't my give closest... a fuck. <laughs> I mean, whenever I talk about Reputation being the best record, I acknowledge that's very personal to me. Like, there's a very personal reason why that's my favorite record. I mean, I don't like it when people say that it's horrible. I don't hear you I ever mean, saying it's the best, though. I just hear you saying that you love it. My, my favorite. Yeah, I, I say it's my favorite. When when I talk about it being, like, <laughs> the best, I'm usually being, like, tongue and Like, I mean, I'm joking. Yeah, Obviously, I'm well aware Nobody of that. Nobody gets that anymore. But Nobody it's like, I don't understand. But it's like with Labyrinth, what what are you what's clicking what was the reason what's clicking for people because there's other songs about the same thing that are better so like what's clicking it's also it's boring labyrinth as like the concept of the labyrinth is so strong and yet this is what we're given does she even say labyrinth in the song she says it once she's in the labyrinth of her mind oh See, I don't even know that. It's like Superman. I hate it so much you know, that I don't fucking listen to what it. What did I what did I write about this song? Okay, here's what I said. This is what I said. I want to like it. I want to like it. I repeated that twice. <laughs> and parts of it do get stuck in my head. The pre-chorus gets stuck in my head a lot. Okay. Here's what I said. This is what I said. I said it is kind of like a bad delicate. And I said that it is a <laughs> reputation reject song. It is and like I a bad I, delicate. It is. It That's literally exactly is what it is. Not good, delicate. Um, mm-hmm. 
And if and that's like, your but- thing, go off. You cannot look me dead in my eyes and say me, tell me that this is a great song. You can't. It's not true. Please, beloved. Please. It, I mean, there's just Papa, like- I will I- find you and kill you. Papa, I hate you, Jack Antonoff. I'm in your walls, Jack Antonoff. <laughs> For a pa, second, pa. for a genuine moment, I was like, "Papa, was that gunshots?" <laughs> and then I remembered that it's in the fucking song. I, and that. I saw, I saw somebody. You know when you're like scrolling on Instagram mindlessly and you're going through the reels. I saw somebody had a reel and it said, "This is the best intro of any Taylor Swift song ever." No and I way. It, no and way. And it was "Papa, uh, uh, Papa." I was like, <laughs> "This, dear." Deary, that's they're broken. Zach, these people need our help. (laughs) They need our help. They don't know that there are better songs by Taylor Swift out there. They literally don't know that. They're broken. I could give you 18 songs right now off the top of my head that I could give you 100 songs. Listen, our song. Hello. Thank you. People died. I can't with this. I really, you know, the Swifties need us. You're right, Mandeline. They need us. They're in a place of crisis. They're in a place of 9-11 denial. They're in a 9-11 truth, or rather. They're in a place of, I'm looking at something that is real, and I'm going to say that it's something that's not real because I'm delusional. And we need to bring them down to earth. You know how many messages we get on a daily basis being like, I'm so glad I found the pod because it literally changed the way that I interact with Taylor's music. It's like, we don't need you to agree with us. We actually, no offense, love that you listen. We don't care what you think. We're just here to expand the discussion, to give different stuff that's in different areas, okay? You can't listen to any of these other Taylor podcasts and tell me that they're giving you what you get here. Mm-mm. And it's like, on the on the off occasion that I do interact with them, I'm sort of like really... I don't like interacting with stuff that's like the same thing that I do. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like, I don't yeah, like- People keep being myself. like, do you listen to Taylor podcast? Do you watch Taylor content no. creators? And it's like, I do enough of that in my own time that I can't be watching yeah. it too. Like it would just be too much. I, it's like waterboarding. I also like, don't listen to podcast. I know this is insane because here I am right now, but like, I don't listen to podcasts. I, I don't. I have one that I listen I tr- to. That's it. I try. And then I'm just like, nobody's as interesting as us. <laughs> why do I bother <laughs> you're like everything that I want from a podcast I get from recording the podcast mm-hmm. literally and it's true we key we have the time of our lives we do twitter spaces we are mm-hmm. everywhere we're in your walls actually we're chewing your wiring <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing so labyrinth flop moving on track 11 karma mm, karma's my boyfriend karma is a god it's still it's still America's Next Doll Model. It's a delicious little meal. It is literally like a delicious buffet. Like it, 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 and it's applicable to so much stuff. Like just karma is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Karma is a god. Like I, what else is there to say? Uh, my this favorite, was so much better than sweet like honey. I love the way she delivers that line. Mm. It is most pleasing yeah. to me. I love the entire way that she delivers like the entire chorus like the way that she's singing it is like you can hear like the smirk on her fucking face karma is my boyfriend (laughs) if you get it you get it if you get it you get it don't you don't Mm -hmm. it's to me 
it's like London Boy in that it's completely a joke, but it's also deadly fucking serious. And mm-hmm. if you say that it's purely one of the other, you don't get it. You don't get it. It's both at the same time. It, crazy is the way that people like fail to understand the humble nuance. The humble nuance. We present She's to kidding. you. She's serious. <laughs> Literally, it's both. Yeah. And how many times are you kidding, but you're also dead fucking serious? I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Me, when I threatened to hunt down John Mayer, I'm kidding. I was like, but when I'm, I'm talking serious. about, uh, I, I have a harpoon on my wall that I used to hunt uh, girls who talked to Dylan O'Brien. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> Karma's so good. I mean, we I think we've been on a diatribe about karma before. We don't need to do it again. Yeah, know we know. I mean, everybody knows. Is. I don't think that anybody disagrees. Nope. We know. Dead people heard this song and thought it was good. Mm-hmm. They loved it. Sweet Nothing, which is, to me, Sweet Nothing. It is not that bad. It is not that good. That is simply all I have to say it's so strange because i feel the exact same way like i don't have any strong opinion about it but when i listen to it it does make me cry my fucking eyes out oh. <laughs> yeah. it, it for makes me it's me like a yeah. happy for you or sorry that happened kind of vibe. but you are in love that's the difference this yeah, is a very domestic I think that's kind of like the main song. thing yeah relatability but i do wish it was better i don't know i i just think that i i love the concept of like all that you ever wanted from me was sweet nothing like I think for her it's like a very poignant statement to make for somebody who I think has felt like people always want things from her so like I I love the idea behind the song I think it's very romantic but it's just you know okay yeah there it is I love that one line about I'm just too soft for it all that's very sweet because it's true yeah, mm-hmm. she is. At the end of the day, she pretends that Karma's her boyfriend, even though he is. She pretends <laughs> this, that this Karma's comes a immediately after Karma. Love. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Again, she's doing schizo posting with the track list, like just complete labyrinth to Karma to sweet nothing. What was the fucking you know, reason? What the was haters? The, reason? the haters are gonna flip, but I don't. Her track lists are bad every time. I think the that's, only one that I uh, fucks with yeah. real hard is um reputation i think that that is like a really solid fucking track order um, lover is the worst of all in terms of just whiplash yeah that is the worst red one. i think also red i think also has like a really strong track list like it mm. i mean there's a couple of weird parts of it but like opening with state of grace for the most part is like yeah. galaxy it literally the bookends are there the bookends for yeah. midnights are literal shit this is why i have a whole series devoted to like reorganizing the fucking track lists on my youtube channel because they are bad speak now is actually pretty good speak now has a pretty good track list too starting with with long live it's hard for me to like that album was like probably out of all of them the one that i've listened to like all the way through over and over again like the most so it's like for me it's like i can't even be objective i'm like no it serves nothing wrong with it (laughs) like every single second every song is exactly where it's supposed to be it's been too many years i can't even be objective from Enchanted to Better Than Revenge. I mean, the duality of a woman. I, the duality of women. It's I there. have to stand. <laughs> I have to stand. And then we end with Mastermind, which has slowly but surely grown so much in my estimation. Again, because it's a crazy people song, for sure. Definitely a crazy person song. And I think if there's a theme that we're seeing here, it's that 
psychosis in me, besties forever. So mastermind, I mean, at first I was like, it felt like it was taking off to go nowhere, like the archer, like a buildup and then it stops. But I can kind of see why that is now. And I love the bridge. The bridge is like really, especially crazy. And a classic Taylor line is I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care. And the way she delivers it as well, it's just, it's very, yeah, it's very classic Taylor to me. And I love the the production, the what if I told you none of it was accidental, like the way that it kind of like booms in. It's very um, anthemic. I, this is not a song that I listen to. I will say that. But when, like, when I think about it and I think about certain lyrics in it, I'm like, oh, I like that song. And then I turn it on. And I'm like, I like the beat. But um, you have to be in the it, mood. You have to be in the mood. You do. You do. Um, it And as a closing song. I see the uh, argument for it, but if I was reshuffling it, I would I would choose something different. I actually would have ended well, the the album with "You're on Your Own, Kid." That's what I would have closed it out with. That would have been the closing song for me. Because I actually have, because I actually did like I made a playlist that's all of Midnight's, including 3 a.m. and like I I reorganized it and it's insane. Like I don't think I like it, but that's because I don't think that the 3 a.m. songs like go with everything. But what did I put at the end? Well, the three oh, bigger songs than the whole sky. Oh no, I, put I bigger cut than that the off. whole sky is dead last. <laughs> I reorganized this into 14 tracks. I cut shit out. I cut out Sweet Nothing. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I cut out Vigilante shit. I cut out Snow on the Beach. I got rid of Bigger Than the Whole Sky. I got rid of Paris. I got rid of High Infidelity. I was really, I was going through and pruning out, you know, natural selection, baby. Well, what's the, the last ones? song? Oh, Sweet Nothing, I guess, is like the last official. Wait, I can see an argument made for that. But Mastermind in general pretty good yeah on to the 3 a.m tracks now to me the 3 a.m tracks is too much content and this is an issue i'm having with taylor over and over again it's like instead of throwing all the spaghetti at us pick the best part the parts that are the most well cooked and throw those at us give us the crumbs that are like fully, you know, a morsel, something that we can really, you know, taste and remember. Don't give well, me and the little bloop, bloop, bloops. Yeah. And it's like the 3 a.m. edition songs don't go with the record, like at all. That's like my they, main they issue. Like, I, the there record. are songs that yes, I really, issue. really like from 3 a.m., but like they do not go with the rest of the record. That's why my fucking insane Midnight's playlist doesn't fucking work because it just makes no sense. Like they you don't have to cut go. stuff off. You have to for yeah. it to make sense. You have to get rid of stuff. But the 3 a.m. tracks to me, like bonus tracks should always add, not subtract from the record. Each bonus track from 1989 added to the fucking record. It made sense. Even Red, I would make that argument as well. Reputation, she brilliantly decided to keep it at the tracks that it was with no bonus tracks. This to me is... I don't like she I I'm excited for her that she's excited about being super productive, but I am wondering how this is going to affect her legacy because bloating is not good. Bloating makes the highlights of the album seem weaker or seem um, less interesting because when someone listens to the album from start to finish, there are too many skips or there's too many misses for them. So I would rather it be front to back bangers than it would be. 10 bangers and 10 kind of just okay songs and maybe like one or two awful songs. No, thank you. I don't want that. And dropping them so soon as well. I was like, can I have a fucking minute? 
to catch my breath. It back. was really difficult to me. I remember when I was listening to it, I was hungover. A, let's start there. B, um, it was just like too much. Like I couldn't appreciate any of them. No, uh, like me either. I did, I did a preliminary listen and then I had to come back and listen after I'd had a night of sleep. Literally, I had to go to sleep. And I was like, okay, I will do this tomorrow when I am feeling better. Um, the Great War, track 14. Never have I ever seen people ride for something so fucking boring. Like it's not even, it's not, it's not a bad song to me, but it's truly a nothing song. Like it has a beat. That That's the only thing that it has that I think people are going crazy about. And the screeds that people are writing to me about how this is like the most deep and meaningful song in the entire world. They had a fight and they got over it and it's fine. That's literally what the fucking song is about, bitch. It doesn't get more deep and meaningful than that. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of people saying that this is like some great, amazing song. And you don't have to intellectualize it to say that it's your favorite song. Just say that it's your favorite and mind your business. Like, I don't want to hear about how you think that it's like fucking, I don't know, a masterpiece. It's not to me. I like it, um, but I, I definitely know what you mean. I see, keep seeing people putting it in like their top five and I'm like, Oh, interesting. I like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I listen to it. Uh-huh. I love it. Ooh, you know, going <laughs> along with the beat. But I, it's, it, to me, maybe top 10. In my top 10, maybe. I'm not it's sure. It's not a midnight song but to me. It, it To me, it's, it's, it's almost like a folklore B-side. It sounds like long story short. Like an outtake of that. I think I would say that the Great War is better than Long Story Short. That's my opinion, but I I do know what you mean. Like it, it's it, it ain't out there. Same. Like session. it really is. They're not about. It the really same is thing. just about a dramatization of an argument with herself and Joseph Alwyn. That's it. That's, That's all, it. beloved. Afterglow <laughs> is juicier than that. Afterglow oh, has yeah, more after layers glow. than that. After after you guys glow. don't understand. Love it. It's you guys like, wouldn't get it. You fucking simpletons <laughs> will take anything. And then and then they're like, yeah, well, you like karma. And karma's like a really she talks about a cat in her lap. And it's like, oh my God, you are functionally brain dead. <laughs> Doctor, switch off the life support. There is no proof of life. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Shut up. Don't speak it to me if you are oh. breathing with assistance. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's that on that. <clears throat> I'm glad oh, this I is very like, far into the episode. I'm like, I can't. I barely wrote anything about any of the bonus tracks. Okay, I've got nothing. Here we go. Well, let's let's pa- let's power through them because I think we okay. still need to take questions. And I think that we've been mm-hmm. on for like over an hour now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Bigger than the whole sky. Nothing. Sweet nothing, but nothing. That's really how, like, silent gestures, like. Yep, Madeline is, uh, is. she's she's going. (laughs) Well, anyway, Paris, grown on me, grown on me. I like this more than The Great War. That seems to be very inflammatory opinion these days. Well, (laughs) to me, I I mean, I do like it. Like, when I listen to it, I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, I love the the bridge. I think it's very cute. Another psychopathic song. I want to brainwash you into loving me forever. Love it. Thank you. Can relate. Um, but in general, like I, 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 I think she wasted the Paris metaphor on this song. Like Paris is like the city of love, and she's just over there talking about your best friend, sister. I hate the opening of the song. I will say that. Like I hate it. Yeah, I it really doesn't that. make sense. It's just I like it's the beat. That's horrible. true. Why I like it. I like the beat. 
there are good things about the song i'm not a hater i'm not a paris hater i'm more of a i'm i'm more of a paris skeptic it's bad i'll say that i'll say that it's badly written it's not good writing it's not her best work but we it's, could say that about a lot of things, couldn't we? Oh, oh, yes. Speaking of things that are not her best work, high infidelity. I think you really like this one, Madeline. To mute you. I will seriously mute you because this, I will seriously cut your ass off. I will take my headphones off and continue to speak. Um, I think that you are absolutely fucking bananas for thinking that the song is bad. Like for somebody who begged and begged and begged and begged and begged for the Calvin T's, now you finally received it even juicier than what occurs on Bejeweled and you're going to dump all over it. I don't get, I really do not get what you don't like about the song. I don't get it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't make any fucking sense. I think that this has some of the best writing on the record. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I literally, it blows my mind. You're sick. I'm sick. sick. (laughs) I'm the sick one. No, 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 no. Let me explain something to you. Let me explain something to you. There are many different ways to kill the one you love. The slowest way is never loving them enough. Do you really want to know where I was on April 29th? Let me ask you that. Do you want to know? Do you? No, you don't want to know. You can't, you can't fathom. You cannot fathom where I was on April 29th. You can't. I, I, I feel like I'm testifying. I feel that. The lines that you just quoted are wonderful. They are great writing. The rest of the song, I can give or take. In fact, I give it. I don't want it. It's just, and to me, again, it's not really about the writing that I hate. You know this about me. There are certain Taylor songs that enter my ears and make me hate everything about my life. Dorothea is one of them. Paper Rings is another one of them. King of My Heart is another one of them. This goes into the fucking category of songs that are just earbuds to me. It's it, incomprehensible to me too. I can't, ex- I can't explain it. I just can't listen. I, think I appreciate the tea. I, if I'm reading it as a poem, I think it's great. If I'm listening I'm to it as a you song. On the cross. I'm literally like getting the hammer and nails out. It's a bleep like bloop nailing. song. It's so annoying to listen I to. I knew you were going to say it. I'm sick of the bleep bloop song shit. <laughs> I'm sick. Of- it goes bleep bloop for like a second and then it's over. You're wrong. You are wrong. It sounds like a nursery rhyme. I just can't. It's not. I don't like the beat. <laughs> so I suppose that's literally what it is. How many times have I said that on this podcast? And you know what? People really need to understand. You need to, you guys, if you don't know what we're referring to, you have to YouTube search Sheree. I like the beat because you have to understand this. Real Housewives. I don't like, I like the beat because it's not hey, a compliment. once you see it, it's, it's not, not a compliment. A compliment. <laughs> I need you to know this. <laughs> imagine they think that we're going through and saying we like the beat to yeah, paris no. we you like wait the beat. until you see the way that she says it you'll understand <laughs> you'll get um it. anyway high infidelity is in my top five i think it's fucking genius i love the song um i also You're love dumb. when <laughs> <laughs> the look that you just literally me. don't get it you literally don't get it. I, it you either get it or you don't and you don't get it when I she think it says, is one of those um, ones I just don't get. It's not for me. She wrote it for someone else. And burn my city. How could you? I don't understand. You just don't make it. I think it's some of the best work on the record. That's my opinion. Obviously, we don't agree. I think we should move on because <laughs> you're testing. <laughs> Up next is Glitch. And I feel like I'm really going to test you with this one because I love Glitch. I, I love have, Glitch. I, I don't have a problem with that. Oh, I thought you didn't like it. I think Glitch... 
I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't like it. It's definitely not in my top 10 or anything. When it comes on, I love the I love the low vocal. I love the fact that it's like a chill vibe. It's very to me, this is like what a maybe what a Drake Taylor collab might sound like if he was just writing and he wasn't doing production elements. There's something very like I'm chilling in the studio with a red solo cup with a henny drink kind of vibe to the song, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I hate the bridge. Like the part where it goes, that's romance, let's dance. You couldn't come up with something better than that. No, she couldn't. <laughs> she literally <laughs> couldn't. She Sometimes couldn't. I think like, this is also another one of the songs where I feel like there's too many people in the room. And I think when there's too many people in the room, it sort of dilutes everything. Um, it's really hard to be super, super earnest or super, super honest, even like when there's a lot of people in the room and, and I think that, that can really water, yeah, That's waters right. down songs. Um, I do think that the concept of the song is great. I love the production on it. I think it fits perfectly with the vibe, but I agree with you. Um, a lot of the writing is kind of like, what are we talking about? Mm, we're going around in circles. And I mean, all of the co-writes that are done with producers outside of Jack are a bit vague. Lavender Haze, Karma, yeah. Glitch. They all in one way or another suffer from being a little bit too non-specific. And I think that's yeah. something that maybe we don't discuss enough is like how Taylor really needs to feel safe and like supported in an environment where she's writing songs and being vulnerable. I mean, it makes sense why she would want yeah. to be with a trusted collaborator, but I beg and plead with her to find, to start nurturing a relationship with someone that can be as fruitful as what she has with Jack, just for something different. I just want to hear something different. I want her to challenge herself. Yeah, um, I think that my favorite collaborator at the moment is definitely Aaron. Um, I think that he, and we saw it on Folklore and Evermore, um, he brings like something different out of her. Like a really good example of this is Hoax. Like there's not a Taylor Swift song like that. (laughs) And there probably never will be again. Like that is a very unique song. Um, And I think that Aaron really kind of like, can get her to go outside her comfort zone a little bit because I think she, she got is, like, something from her yeah yeah most successful addition in recent memory for sure yeah. Ryan Tedder I wish had a little more time to shine with her he, they could have done something be, really cool I think he'll be on the 1989 vault that's my true belief I bet they did something else together well as long yeah. as Jack isn't fucking on it actually no Jack can be on the 1989 vault that's the one that he's allowed that's to go where near. he belongs that's where he belongs would have, could have, should have. I mean, it's painful. This is a painful song. I can't listen to it all that much because it is, it hurts my feelings. I really don't like the way that people have like trauma porned this and they love to like, they want to get her to sing it live on tour. They're always talking about the like, give me back my girlhood. It was mine first line. And it's like, hmm. Something about it feels cheap to me to treat this song that way. I think probably the most like fucked up thing that I've seen is people talking about like mashing it up with Dear John. Um, I I mean, she stopped singing Dear John live. So obviously that's something Someone that's asked her to play it and her. she said no. She said no. She's not going to. Why would I don't understand? Like and why that was on the reputation understand. tour. That was many years later and it was still a fresh wound. And clearly she's telling us that it's still not that it's not finished the wound won't close literally the tomb won't close come on yeah um and obviously john Mayer is like going on his apology tour right now um uh, in like the floppiest way possible well that's his karma <laughs> karma is her boyfriend truly yeah. 
Um, it's, it's like, I mean, I feel like we got into this pretty deep on our first Midnightology episode. Yes. Um, uh, but I, so I, I do think that the way that people are reacting to it is very strange. But I think that's kind of like thinking about like TikTok and like the way that it sort of like waters down the human experience. I can't explain it. Mm. It's like mm, with Bigger Than the Whole Sky a lot of women um well a lot of um people who have had miscarriages um relate to the song quite a bit which I totally understand but it was like watching these TikToks where like they're like I I don't trauma dumping like videos of them like after immediately after they lost the Mm -hmm. baby it's like very strange like the way that it even more so it's like people used to say that the video games all the time like it's desensitizing it's desensitizing TikTok is doing something insane to yeah. like the, the the mental part of people's brains like that you that you would seriously sit there and think to yourself i want taylor to mash up dear john and would have could have should have well, it, it because like this is her this yeah, literally it makes her into her. like a product like these songs are not real they're just or products that she's selling that you play right. or a puppet with strings right. that you pull like that's not what this is and it's especially not what this is in relation to this song like this really to me I prefer just not to talk about it that much to be honest because I don't want the discourse like I actually don't need anything other than what Taylor has said about this song to tell me what I need to know like the fact that it's there at all kind of reminds me it's in the vein of soon you'll get better it's one of those songs that I just think that we should leave it where it is unless she wants to to speak on it to bring it up if she wants to sing it live that's you know up to her but for me it's too raw to be debating it this and that way and dissecting it and getting into it like that. It's just. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, John Mayer found dead in Miami. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that's a headline soon. soon. (laughs) Hopefully that's a headline soon. (laughs) Last but not least, dear reader, a perplexing little ditty. One of my favorites. Very interesting. Very ambiguous, beautiful bridge, beautiful, beautiful bridge. What do you think, Madeline? Um, I don't listen to it a lot. Um, I think that's mm. very well. It's kind of like an antihero. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like uh, an a uh, uh, sort of like addendum to antihero. I feel in a certain kind of way where she's saying like, "I'm I'm not the one that you should be looking to." because mm. I'm the anti-hero but um etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I I think that it could have been done a little bit better I don't like the production all right fair enough that's the it's main not thing for that, everyone. that keeps me from listening to it like I don't I hate and it's like you should find another guiding light but I should find so bright um <gasps> great love. lyric but I fucking hate the way that it's done in the song I love it see I think that's honestly that's that's one of the differences we have I love the like warped vocal vocoder thing it's not your favorite no i think it ruins like lyrics do you like it in getaway car like the but she only does it like once yeah it's just see, that's the the, see that's it's really i think i didn't like it at first but now i do but the thing is like here's the difference it's like that kind of vocal distortion it's not as like heavy it's very light and like delicate um and in king of my heart too like it's a lot lighter like you can still hear her actual voice the distortion on dear reader and on midnight rain is like to the point where it doesn't even sound like her do you know what i mean so that's why james charles i mean i don't I know hate you <laughs> jail but she doesn't sound like james charles on dear reader it's just like very 
just like spread out. Do you know what I yeah. mean? It's it's Jack it's like having fun with it. And some people are not into that. And I get it because I'm often not into it. Lest we forget, I was literally just about to forget her because she's not on streaming. So I never listen. It's different. Love. Love. As but I said before. I couldn't sing it to you because I never hear it because I don't have it on streaming. So I don't listen to it. I only listen to it in my car because that's where I have the CD. So that's the only that's the only place it gets placed. That's it's a in good my place car, which sucks to listen to that because song. I would be fucking bopping to it all the time if I had it. Um, it's literally a 1989 reject, but I yeah, love it's that literally word. not a midnight song <laughs> at all. Like yeah, not in at all. any sense of the word, not even a little bit. Like you couldn't even make a crackpot case for this one, in my opinion. No, it's literally just there. It's just there. Who said that? Yeah. Who, Who was that? Said? Did you guys hear that? Where did you find her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't think that we're gonna have time to take calls on this episode because we per usual have just been running our fucking mouths. But you know, we are the snakes. It is Christmas time. Buymeacoffee.com slash the snakes to buy us a coffee so that we can, I don't know, buy coffees, I suppose. <laughs> But we will be coming up with a Patreon soon. And I know, I know it's long delayed, but guys, Madeline and I have had actual legitimate, like putting together details. You will be able to get, if you would like, up to two episodes of The Evolution of a Snake per month, very shortly. You will also have an option to just do one episode You'll also get like Q&As, live chats, all of the good things that we already do, but we're going to start putting some of them behind the paywall because mama needs, mama needs a drink. Mama needs to turn on the mama lights. Mama needs a drink. Mama <laughs> needs to be able to keep the lights on. Mama wants to, mm-hmm. mama wants to not. Uh, mama wants to get out of the box for, the devil for you. Anymore. Mama wants to get out of the box. And, you know, in order for that to happen, well, first of all, if I got out of the box, we could have a lot more content. Let's start there. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's the main motivation. You want more content? Mama's got to get out of the box. You want me to get out of the box? I got to shake the cup. Yep. That's all there is. Exactly. Well, this is the thing. So Madeline and I really, truly, after three years, we're in a place of, we're ready to get Kelly Kapoor, the business bitch on the line. Like we're ready to make this up. We're ready to be more committed to it, to do it more often. You know, we're, we're in that place and it will come. It's not ready yet. It's not going to be ready before Christmas because- the birthday boy who saved it's our Christmas. lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally, it's his. It's his birthday. What if ribbons are supposed to mean a thing? I have to think about that. Like, I need time. We need to reflect. Mm-hmm. What if? What? What if? if? So after, I would say in the new year, probably we're gonna brighten up your day. You're gonna get so many episodes, and it's gonna be amazing. So that's that on that. Thank you everyone <laughs> for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>